Shabbat Shalom. Am I still hearing music? I hear an echo. And now it's over. I've got to repeat. I've got a lag. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And I'm back. Shabbat Shalom. Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. We'll get there one day. We'll get there eventually. It's user error. I have my computer on with the, lo with the noise up. Echoes, echoes, voices in my head. We're in Acts chapter 6, Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. All of you in the chat, make sure you keep it kadosh, stay on subject, and make sure you do connect during the week. I do have a special announcement to make, very excited about that, and it comes on the heels of spending two weeks in... Um, Acts chapter 5, and such positive response, like I said last week, talking about money. So much so that we had a wonderful volunteer step forward who has gone through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University and is a graduate of that. And um, we decided that we would start a Connect class for those of you that want to learn a little bit more about financial stewardship. You can sign up on the Zoom Connect page for the Financial Peace University, and that's going to be hosted by Raquel. So she's going to be hosting that, and as I said, she's graduated from that program. And if you'd like more information, please email Shabbat at TorahToTheTribes.com, and that does start on January the 31st. So I think it's going to be great. My son really enjoys listening to Dave Ramsey. And, you know, some of you may go, oh, my goodness, I don't like him. You know what? Just look at the stewardship and start there and, you know, spit out, spit out the bones and chew the meat. And, you know, I think it's going to be very good and very beneficial for putting some tools into your tool belt for success. So, all that to say this, let's jump into Acts chapter 6 today. This is a very, I say that every week, don't I? because it's the word of Yahuwah, and it is very powerful and grippingly life-changing. And when you're a teacher and you spend so much time in the word preparing, yet you're in the world but not of the world, it's amazing how it all interconnects. It does in my life anyway. And sometimes I'm, am I imagining this? No, it's real. It's absolutely fabulous. And in those days... When the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Hellenists against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So here in chapter 6, Luke introduces us to a mysterious group of fellows called the Hellenists. Somewhat disparaging term, isn't it? You Hellenist. Today, if you said that to somebody, you know, 99% of the population wouldn't have a clue of what you're talking about, would they? But it is a disparaging term. But what does it mean? It means one who speaks Greek or one who follows Greek ways. So here we are in 2021. 
in Acts chapter 6, and the introduction that I've just given you, there arose a murmuring of the Hellenists, a mysterious group of individuals, a somewhat disparaging term on people that follow Greek ways and Greek customs. How can I tie this in possibly with the world in, in which we do live? Well, we arrive here with those who follow Greek ways just, and here we go, just as we arrive in 2021, we will find that we have come full circle, full cycle, if you will, and we will find the sad end to those who have chosen to follow Greek ways rather than the ways of Yahuwah and the ways of the Republic. Let me explain. It can be summed up in one word. Theater. Theater. What do I mean? Democracy. Greek ways began in circus theater by wearing a mask. I mean, you think I'm joking. But Greek ways, democracy, began in circus theater and now today have reached the pinnacle of a bloody clown show and circus theater. Is it not? 500 years before the common era, democracy was born in Greek circus theater. Now... We, like Acts chapter 6, are going to come across a mysterious group and see the full cycle, the full circle end of this clown culture. That's how I'm going to tie it in. So, strap on your seatbelts, pull up your suspenders, and let's get into the word of Yahuwah. Because it was the invention of theater especially ancient Athens' annual theater festival that gave birth to the great thing that everybody seems to uphold as the pinnacle of humanity, democracy. But that's not what the Bible upholds as the pinnacle of humanity. Yahusha is the pinnacle of our humanity. So we have a diverse system of those that follow Hebrew ways and those that follow the customs of the Greeks. It's a disparagement and a, dis a difference in our end goal. And it will ultimately come down to false witness testimony, as we'll see later in this chapter, that fans the flames of this very, very epic, epic theater. Democracy and theater, and by extension, all creative culture, are inextricably bound. And just as when the Athenian democracy ended, 
when its great theatre ended, you have to ask and wonder, has American democracy run its course also? Has it ended? Just as in the Athenian democracy, when the lights finally came down on the theatre, have we now found that the lights have finally come down on the theatre of American political theatre and democracy? It will never be the same. It will never be the same. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples to them and said, It is not right that we should leave the word of Yahuwah and go and serve up slop. No, it wasn't slop because they were still keeping the biblical commandments on what is food and what is not food. But oftentimes you and I got invited to the church picnic on Sunday and we was thinking it was slim pickings on some of the things that were served up. It was more like slop, wasn't it? Come on, let's be honest now. Let's be honest now. Therefore, Israelite brothers, look for seven men of honest report. Why seven? Because that was how many men were needed to be in a city council, according to Josephus, back in the Hebrew custom of the day. It took seven men to make a city council. Wouldn't it be nice if that was still true today? There's a whole lot more than seven people that are on the payroll of the state and the government to make up a city council, isn't it? It takes seven men just to watch one man dig a hole, apparently. I mean, it's just insane when you see what's going on out there in the world today. But we find here that there were seven decent men of honest report, full of the Ruach of the Master Yahuwah and great wisdom, whom that we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the service of the word. So this is where we need to be as believers right now. We need to be continually in prayer and we need to be continually in service to the word of Yahuwah. But there's four themes. Are we doing camera switching today? Okay, just making sure. Because there's four themes that I want to bring out today. Number one, we've got ethnic conflict and affirmative action. Ethnic conflict and affirmative action. Number two, we're going to look at the water libation ceremony, which is going to bring about a shift from the Levitical to the Malkitetic priesthood that's going to affect the priestly class. Number three, we're going to have false witnesses. And we're going to look into that, and there's going to be a twofold approach. And number four, be careful, the law of the harvest, the spiritual law of consequence. So for those of you that are note takers, let me hit you up with those four themes. Number one, ethnic conflict and affirmative action. Number two, the water libation ceremony. Number three, false witnesses. And number four, the law of the harvest. Let's dig in. Number one, ethnic conflict and affirmative action. This is Acts chapter 6, the first case in history of affirmative action. Where those with political power 
generally repressed complaining minorities. Here, what do the apostles do? They hand over the entire system to the offended minority. And did it work? Yes. Why? Because the offended minority were Yah-fearers. This is affirmative action first in historical writings. But the problem today when you do affirmative action, what happens when you hand the whole system over to a godless minority of Marxists? You're going to end up with an implosion of culture. It does not work. So there's truth, and then it's perverted. Here, the apostles did the right thing. There was an offended minority. The widows weren't being taken care of. So the apostles, seeing that they were Yah-fearers, first and foremost, they were converted, handed the whole enterprise over to them for their stewardship so that they could be devoted to prayer and the word. And it works in a Bible community. But when you hand the whole system over, affirmative action, to a minority of offended individuals that are godless Marxists, you end up with your cities and streets aflame. We have come full cycle in the circle of the clown show of theater democracy circus, number one. Number two. The water libation ceremony. Remember, Yahusha had already, at the Feast of Tabernacles, declared the living water. And the priestly class, they had witnessed this. And do you think they just walked away? They would have had midrash upon midrash upon what they had seen. And now it is a whole feast season later after the priestly class would have midrashed what they had witnessed with Yahushua at the water libation ceremony, and now they are coming to the reality that he has fulfilled it and there has been a shift in the priesthood, which is why you see the priestly class now coming into the faith in Acts chapter 6 specifically because the inception point was the water libation ceremony that would have caused a huge disturbance in the spiritual minds of the priests because they knew what Yahushua was saying. And they would have had months to midrash and debate this very, very topic. Number three, we're looking now, as we progress in the chapter, of false witnesses. And there's a twofold approach. A, we're going to look at false witnesses in light of the Old Testament versus New Testament law versus grace argument. And number, um, and B, I should say, 2021 and the tribulation. What do I mean? We have found, witnessed today, that our false witness culture 
has actually become sealed and accepted, is it not? We have a whole culture that accepts the testimony of false witnesses. It has sealed now in the national culture because the circus show is fully on display. This was born 500 years before the common era in Athens. It's Athenian circus political culture, and we're seeing it full cycle implosion before the end of days. It had to happen. I've got so much to share today, but I do not want to get off course. Then we will see, number four, the law of the harvest, the spiritual law of consequence. Be careful. Whatever you accuse someone of, whatever you accuse someone else of falsely, Paul, you will spend the rest of your life having to defend those accusations yourself. Paul was the one that held the cloaks as they falsely accused Stephen. He has had to spend the rest of his life fighting off those very accusations that they accuse Stephen. Oh, you've done away with the law. Oh, Paul's done away with the law, you know. It's law versus, right? There you have the law of the spiritual consequence. Be careful. Whatever you accuse someone else of falsely, you will spend the rest of your life having to defend those accusations yourself. Paul was present as they accused Stephen of destroying the law and changing the customs of Moses. The very charges that have been levied upon the Apostle Paul, Vatican Rome, and the papal church system for over 2,000 years. It's a spiritual consequence. You and I were led to believe false witness testimony for too many years by merchants of the pulpit, weren't we? We were led to believe the false witness testimony. So when democracy begin, begins excuse me, to break down, which we now are at that epicenter, History tells us it's due to an authoritarian political system. And when that happens, free thinkers are no longer free to express themselves. And a culture of common experiences disappears or it has to dive underground. This is what we know today as lockdown culture. Back in the 20s, it was the speakeasy. But today, you're having to dive underground if you don't want to be a part of the authoritarian system. Just like the early believers in Rome, they had to dive underground, lock down culture, to be able to navigate the days ahead. You see, it's all been planned today to enable Biden's city-state lottery legislature to be the new normal. These are Greek ways. These are very Greek ways. Because democracy began when Cleisthenes, an aristocrat who reformed the Athenian constitution, 
because the Athenian constitution, which had been institutionalized, there were four warring tribes. And these warring tribes led this way of tyranny that was the inception of this whole system. But instead, Clothenes created a new system, listen, that redistricted the city-state and it instituted a legislature where the members were chosen by lottery instead of by clan, which they had been for hundreds, I say thousands, I dare say thousands of years, or heredity. And this is where we get the demo in democracy, meaning common people, common people. So, Clisthenes, the aristocrat, who reformed the Athenian Athens, the Athenian constitution, which had institutionalized four warring tribes' power, he did it away, and it led to tyranny. He reformed the constitution, the warring tribes. He made a redistricted city-state. That's old-fashioned for what? What's a a redistricted city-state? It's a lockdown culture. And he instituted a city-state legislature ran by a lottery. That's dominion. We're in the very same parallel universe. You can't make this up. And it's all because they're greeking you and I out. And it's come to its end. It's come to its end. And I believe that Yahuwah is going to bring in his government. And that is why they are so desperate. Because what was birthed 500 years before the common era has now in a calamity state and it is coming to its end. It is a clown circus show. And you can't believe the stuff that you're seeing. You're like, how could they get away with this? This is insanity. And people are buying it up because they are literally sitting in the clown circus theater and it's entertainment. It's all entertainment. And they can no longer think for themselves or are afraid to. And this is what caused the implosion of the Athenian culture. Have any of you been to Athens? I've been to Athens. Have you been to Athens? It's a blooming wreck. <laughs> I mean, I didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry if we've got a Greek, the Greek audience out there. I know we do have some people in Greece that watch us. But I didn't. In, I didn't. I mean, it's rubble and ruins. And maybe you like to walk around that stuff in 100 degrees and dust and getting up your nostrils. I, I, I'd much rather, you know, go and have a seltzer somebody somewhere else in the cool and look over a the, um, the water or maybe getting a little fishing boat or somewhere. But no, I didn't enjoy it. Why? That's what happens when you get to the full end of the circus show. It happened in Athens, and I believe right now you're seeing it in Athens on the Potomac. Athens on the Potomac, my friends. Look at verse 5. 
And the saying pleased the entire multitude, affirmative action, because it was steward, stewarded by believers. You have affirmative action and it's stewarded by Marxists, you will have rubble and ruin. It's just that simple. You can't take biblical concepts of stewardship and then hand them over to the heathen. You'll end up with communism. You'll end up with redistribution and it will be Marxist in its inception because it's Luciferic. And that's where we're at. And that will offend some of you out there, but too bad. And the saying pleased the entire multitude, and they chose Zephaniah, or Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Ruach HaKodesh, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, an Israelite of Antioch, who were set before the apostles, and when they had made prayers, they then laid hands on them. Verse 7, and the word of Yahweh, it increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a large group of the Kohanim priests and others from the Israelite faith were obedient to the Nazarene community of faith. This is astounding. Surely you have to wonder why such a slew of priests came obedient to the faith. And like I said, it's because they witnessed, I believe, the water libation ceremony on the last great day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And you can read about that in John chapter 7, specifically the 42nd verse and so forth. And they had had over six months to lock themselves away and midrash about this subject. Did you see what he did? Did you see what he said? Did you see how he came from down at the pool of Shiloh, Shilom, and he was led by the pierced one, the flute player? And do, what does this mean? Let's go back to the Torah. Let's go back to the scriptures and let's debate what we saw this day. I believe that's what the priestly class would have done. They would have talked together of all of these things which had happened. They would have communed together and reasoned among themselves just like the Bereans. What happened? And they would do what any good Jew would do. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, they would have expounded upon the scriptures the things concerning Messiah. And you see this very formula spoken of in Luke chapter 24 on the road to Emmaus, right? They did the very same thing. And that was the way of the culture back then, to expound. If they saw something they couldn't quite understand, miracles and healings, the water libation ceremony, those that are Yah-fearers, they would have expounded upon the scriptures concerning the things of Mashiach, and that is what they would have done beginning at Moses all the way through the prophets. And then the Holy Spirit would have shown them, and they said, We've come to the end of the priesthood in the Levitical class. It's now time to transfer over and follow the high priest. And that's why you have so many 
because of that water libation ceremony that now come over to the faith. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. And Zephaniah, Stephen, full of emunah, faith and power, did great wonders and nisim signs among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Syrians and Alexandrians and them of Cyclia and of Asia Minor, disputing with Stephen, Zephaniah, and they were not able to resist the wisdom of the Ruach HaKodesh of which he spoke. So now we get into the text of the false witnesses and ultimately False witnesses cause the death of a believer, as they will in the tribulation, the full cycle of this system. False witnesses cause the death, that's a martyr, of a believer, just as they will in the tribulation. And right now, it is quite apparent to me that we live in a society predicated upon the testimony of false witnesses, don't we? We really do. And it's the whole Greek circus theater that is now being propped up on the testimony of false witnesses. And no matter if you try and look behind the curtain, oh, no, there's nothing here to see. Oh, no, 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 no. Your eyes didn't see that. No, 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 no. Oh, no, because it's become entertainment which is exactly what happened in Athens, which is why Athens is in a rubble and ruinous state today. And the economy in Greece is a, is a nightmare. Athens on the Potomac, if we're not careful. False witnesses always bring about death. Always. Death to themselves, morally and spiritually. And also death to a society at large. Because then the society no longer trusts. So any way you slice it, what's going to happen if, you are, if we're still here in four years? And there's another... Who, who trusts in the election system? Not many people because of this false witness testimony that brings about death on an individual moral those that are false witnesses, they're full of anxiety because they can't remember what they said, if it's true or fiction. And then they actually start believing the fiction, right? And you see this with these politicians, right? Joe Biden's telling you stories about when he was a pool boy and he had people stroking the blonde hair of his legs. And then, you, you, you know, you, these politicians, they start telling stories and then people fact check them and it's fiction. But they actually believe it because they've told it so many times. So the reality and fiction becomes like that, and they then have an increasing anxiety. Better just to tell the truth, and you never have to remember anything, because it's just the truth, and therefore you have no anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, that's what they were doing, make your petitions known to Yahuwah. And the peace, shalom, that surpasses all understanding will safeguard your souls. We've come to a point where society has now turned the blind eye to such false witnesses. 
Here, they held the cloaks to bring about their desired effect, and they stoned Stephen. Today, they hold up the curtain to bring about their desired effect. And they're saying, let's stone them, let's stone them. All of these people are now terrorists that disagree or are trying to look behind the curtain. That are calling us out as false witnesses. We are now going to terrorize them. Did they terrorize Stephen? Of course they did. Because this is false witnesses. And this is false witness testimony. And we've become to the pinnacle of democracy. We've come to the pinnacle of false witness testimony because we're in the end of days. And this is the cycle. And all things Hebraically are cyclical. And behind that curtain that we have today is what? Is predictive programming and propaganda, and it's disseminated by false witnesses. Today, it's all modern, called CNN and MSNBC, and the Drudge Report that used to be good, that's now been taken over. Now is a, a propaganda, um, just no different than the CNN. You get votes counted to by the CCP, Dominion Witness System. This is all the ingredients for death. And of course, we know Stephen, though, actually supported the law of Moses because the testimony of Scripture tells us so. Look at Acts chapter 7, verse 37. This is Stephen's actual testimony. This is truth, not false witness. The evidence is before you. But what happens when people don't want to look at the evidence? What happens? You have the death or stoning of a culture. That's where we're at today. Acts 7, verse 37, Stephen's testimony, not false witness testimony, evidence right before you, affidavits, if you will. What do you have? This is that Moses. Why would he be referring to Moses if Moses is done away with? This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall Yahweh your Elohim raise up unto you to your brethren, like unto me him shall you hear. That is he that was in the church in the wilderness, the ecclesia, the kahal in the wilderness, with the angel which spoke unto him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. So in Stephen right here, in Acts chapter 7, verse 37 and verse 38, Stephen intends to do what? Present his own true witness. And this is something that I've learned. And I've learned it through the school of hard knocks. All you have to do is stand and present your own true witness. You never answer someone else's trumped up charges. You just don't. Pun intended, trumped up charges, you know. Okay? We are living in a time just like the Acts of the Apostles, where there are casualties and the body count is rising. It's a battle, think about it. Acts chapter 6, 2021. It's a battle of the witnesses. It's a battle of the witnesses. 
the plethora of false witness ones flame the fans of then the Herodians and now the false witnesses are flaming the fans of big tech, the DNC, the Chinese Communist Party. It's all being flamed, fanned by false witness testimony. The Herodians back then and where we live at today, it is Athens, Athenian culture imploding or Athens on the Potomac imploding. This is amazing stuff. It's all the same. If you could literally encapsulate it, you'd say, well, we live in the time of the battle of the witnesses. It's all about false witness testimony or standing and being a true witness. And those that are true witnesses are lambasted, stoned, and taken outside of the gates as terrorists. And those that go along with false witness testimony are embraced. They're communists, Marxists. What a crazy world. But this is what happens. Full cycle, Athenian democracy imploding. Then and now. Why? Because it has to. Because Yahweh is over and above and outside of time. And it's a full cycle of humanity's history. You thought you could steward it. You can't. Because you're godless. The witnesses are false. Poor Stephen. Poor you and I. And the whole process is rigged. It's an example of vigilante justice as its worst, isn't it? It is vigilante justice at its worst. Are you, are you living that today? I, I see it. See, you're not even sure right now if I'm talking about biblical history or current events, are you? Because they've been layered right on top of one another. The Bible and history, I believe, have collided into our present. As we bubble and froth through the end of days. I mean, my dismay, going back to Stephen and the false witnesses, it occurred in the early 2000s. Because I was sitting there in church on a Sunday... And I realized, I was sitting in the pew, or it was a comfy chair like these, and I was listening to the pastor, and all of a sudden, we were in Acts chapter 6. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what? Your light bulb, he's asking me to believe false witness testimony in regards to the laws of Moses. Oh my goodness, this whole system is predicated upon a false witness testimony. What am I doing? We should be keeping the Sabbath. We should be keeping the feasts and the festivals. And I, I'm not going to go to Red Lobster after church they're propagating a false witness testimony and we've all sat there and said it's true. And then I started to squirm in my seat 
and go like this, and my wife's like, you stop it, stop it. Embarrassing me, Matthew. Did you hear what he did? And it all started to rumble in my innards. And you know me, I went to the word and I've got something here. There's some, there's a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy. I was sitting in the pew and asked, no, expected. I was expected to believe these charges against Stephen. But I wasn't believing it. And guess what happened to me? I became an outcast. I became an outcast because I no longer would align with the false witness testimony. I would align with Stephen. And then I became the outcast. What? What? You can't awake from an indoctrination stupor. How dare you? But they wanted me to believe these false charges. They wanted you to believe these false charges. I dare say many of us believed these false charges and we were in a religious system that was built upon the false charges set forth by false witnesses in Acts chapter 6. The law of Moses is changed. The Old Testament system is destroyed. What? That's what false witnesses say. Then I started to wake up from my indoctrination stupor. And, it's, and as if that wasn't enough, I was to be ridiculed for bringing up the Sabbath and feasts and dietary requirements as a loon. Well, surely I said, well, now that, you know, they would be valid and binding. Stephen would have been keeping the festivals and the feasts and the Sabbaths. I see it all through the book of Acts. And then all of a sudden I find, oh, you, you better stay away from that Matthew Nolan, you know. I know he's an elder and everything, but he's saying some false witness stuff about the law of murder. Well, now I'm the false witness because all of a sudden I, I believe that we shouldn't be getting rid of the law of Moses. You see how it flipped? All of a sudden in the church, now I'm the false witness because I start bringing up biblical truth. Has this ever happened to any of you? Or is, it just, is it just me? Did it ever happen? I dare say that's why we're all here. Because we started to wake up from our indoctrination stupor and we started to witness to Yahweh's word and to Moses' law. It's all upside down and topsy-turvy, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, that's the world in which we live today. And think about it. Think about the birth of the Greco-Roman church. Not the true church, but the Greco-Roman church. Hey, presto, it's right here. Hey, presto, on the basis of this faulty analysis, a whole theory about Christianity has been created. It's that simple when you break it down. The whole faulty analysis comes from here. A theory now that is accepted as mainstream and fact, and anyone who challenges it by Scripture is actually then charged with being a false witness. Even if you'd had good standing in the church, how long were you a pastor in the church? 50 years. And now you're teaching the Sabbath and the festival. Well, you don't want to listen to Donnie. 
He's a false witness. He got involved in that Torah to the tribes, Hebrew roots, Matthew Nolan business. Yo, he's another false witness. He used to be really good at Calvary Chapel, you know. Did a great teaching on Sunday school and, you know. But now they're all gone or they're a bunch of Jews. I'm like, what? False witnesses. That's not true. Why didn't you ever come and talk to me? You got my number. You could have called me. We could have gone out for coffee and I could have, you know, showed you some scriptures. So in conclusion, Hellenistic Christian no-law theology goes back to Stephen. Acts chapter 6 is its inception point, and it's based upon a myth. The no-law doctrine is based upon a myth and the testimony of false witnesses. It's a false witness distortion by over-magnification of false witness testimony that Stephen was law and Moses critical, which he wasn't. This is the birth, my friends, of the lawless church, not the true church, and these false witnesses were their popes and their pastors. That's a, that's a long time that it went on, and it all started here. So in conclusion, on Acts chapter 6, verse 13, it's actually false witnesses who say the Torah is done away with and the customs of Moses have changed. Have you heard that before? I heard that almost every Sunday. The papal church system of Sunday, Easter ham and Christmas ma'am is the false witness system claiming the annulling of Torah and the change in the ways Moses delivered to us. Well, you know, the ways that Moses, they, they, that's changed now. Well, hang on a minute. That's what these false witness is that what you're saying? That is what you're saying, isn't it? Well, then that makes you a... Think about it. Oh, I, I, I can't think. <laughs> no critical thinking. That makes you a false witness. Let's think about it. Sunday's a change from Shabbat. Check. False witness. Easter. Well, that's a change from Passover. Check. False witness. Well, ham. That's no longer an abomination. Check. Christmas. Well, you know, we don't want to do the Feast of Tabernacles. Check. Oh, Jesus is quite a change from Yahushua of Nazareth, wouldn't you say? Check. It's all a false witness system. We live in a culture, brethren, propagated upon theater and false witness testimony. The pastor of Hillsong, New York, the biggest theater in church show business, was a whoremonger. I mean, we could have told you that years ago. I mean, really? Hanging out with Justin Bieber, Bieber, Bieber? I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> By their fruit, you shall judge them. It's theater. Propagated theater and false witness testimony. As you can see, most travel along this broad road, not wanting to look at the man behind the curtain. 
You really can't make this stuff up. And now we come to false witness testimony. It's just the epitome of stupid. Just mask up. Just shut up. Just social distance. Stay in. Get a vaccine. Shut up and die. This false witness testimony. No evidence. No proof. Literally the repeatings of shamans. It's witchcraft. And you challenge it and you go, well, hang on a minute. This doesn't make sense. Hang on. Hang, let me get this right. Now, inside the restaurant, there's an HVAC system with a filter. And I know they cost, you know, a lot of money. But you want to put me outside in a plastic tent with condensation and breathing and pump hot air into it, and then the condensation with all the droplets of human breath dropping into my foot. Oh, oh, okay, I'll go do that. That's that. And I'm the one questioning this, and, oh, you, you just got to get on board. I'm sorry. This is crazy land. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy than you do have today. You must be cautious, my friends. Let me see your identification. I would prefer to just go, these are not the droids you are looking for. I don't think he had a German accent, but I feel like the Germans are coming. I really do. Look at verse 11, because they're instigating a whole bunch of other men, you know, now. Now that they've got away with this circus show, they are instigating a whole bunch of other false witnesses. They're coming out of the woodwork now. And now you're deplatformed because they, they got away with it. Oh, hey, wait, wait, they, these, these couple of false witnesses, they got Stephen Stone. It worked. Let's bring out a bunch of false witnesses and maybe we can just kill them all. And this whole Nazarene faith, it won't even get outside of Jerusalem. And they instigated other men who said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moshe and against Elohim. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. And all these came upon him and they caught him and they brought him up to the Sanhedrin and set up false witnesses who said, this man, he ceases not to speak blasphemous words against the temple and the Torah. For we have heard him say that this Yahushua of Nazareth, well, he shall destroy this place and shall change the ways that Moses delivered unto us. And all that sat in the Sanhedrin looking steadfastly at him saw his face as if it was the face of a heavenly angel. Stephen was following the whole view of Deuteronomy as the history of Israel unfolded. And he followed a pattern of four. Number one, Stephen mentions how Israel repeatedly, repeatedly were disobedient. Number two, how Israel was admonished by Yahuwah and by the prophets. And number three, how Israel rejected the words of Yahuwah and the prophets. And finally, Number four, Yahuwah brought judgment upon a disobedient nation.
I just wonder if we're in the same cycle of four. I just really do. This pattern is seen in Kings. It's seen in Chronicles. And there is nothing new under the sun. And I've been feeling a little down and glum once upon a time here and there politically. And I'm like, but there's nothing new under the sun. This is all in the hands of the Father. If you can deal with the kings of Israel, you can certainly deal with a man in his basement and some Jamaican queen. Allegedly. Allegedly. I haven't had any witness proof of that yet. But, you know, we shall see. It's all a pattern. It's the Athenian implosion. Democracy birthed in Athens, imploded because of the circus theater of its inception. Now, democracy, Athens on the Potomac. It's a theater circus. False witness testimony is believed beyond truth, beyond evidence. And when you ask for evidence, when you speak of evidence, truth and reality no longer matters because the whole system is Athenian and it's going to implode. Just as it did then, so it will today. But we still have to get through the tribulation where false witness testimony is what will be the rule of the day. So get used to it and stand strong. And remember, you stand and witness. You never defend against trumped-up accusations. You never answer trumped-up accusations. You just stand and witness to the truth. It matters not of the trumped-up accusations. It's a pattern from which you and I have been delivered. And because we've been delivered from the false witness system, I wonder whether that then brings us into the classification of true witnesses. And as true witnesses, dare I suggest, the 144,000 are being birthed in our day because there's a transition and transformation from priesthood to priesthood. And with that comes the evidence of manifestation of a true witness. And that brings forth the 144,000. So in closing, think about these four things. Number one, ethnic conflict and affirmative action. Then, full cycle today. Then, for the first time in history, we have evidence of affirmative action. But those that stewarded, those that were downtrodden, were Yah-fearers. And they could steward the responsibility given unto them. But today, when you invoke affirmative action and you allow godless Marxists to steward it, you end up with Athens or Rome being set on fire. Number two, think about the water libation ceremony. Go and revisit it in John chapter 7. It is a powerful testimony to the reality of the life of Yahushua and the Malkidzedic priesthood. Number three, two-part, A, false witnesses say that the Old Testament, the laws of Moses have done away with, and that you've now got this new Greco-Roman Hellenistic church. But that's birthed 
upon a false witness system. Come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. And B, 2021, it's tribulation culture time. False witnesses in our culture are sealed and accepted as norm. And if you question it, then you become the outcast. This is leading into the end of days. And number four, be aware, be very aware of the law of spiritual consequence. Be so careful about what you accuse someone else of because you will spend the rest of your life having to fend to defend yourself from such accusations yourself. That was what Paul ended up doing. Do not bear false witness against your brother. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a matter is established. Otherwise, it's just slander and gossip. Be careful of the keyboard because those keyboard demons end up as false witnesses. So let's see what you got to say in the chat. I think there's a lot to think about there when it comes to Acts chapter 6 and the testimony we have. I've got to put my glasses on so I can see you there in the chat. All right, here we go. Got me up there, got me up there, let's see. All right. Oh, okay. Shiloh says, Matthew, speaking about patterns of full, uh, patterns, the battle of false witness, can you please briefly explain the, the difference between the law of the land and the law of water? Well, that's the difference between um, being a man on the land and the laws of admiralty, an admiralty law, which is maritime law and fiction. So I can't get too into it on YouTube, but I know that there's a lot of brethren that are very aware of that. Chris in FEMA Region 4, Shabbat Shalom. He said, Shabbat Shalom, Matthew. Like the hair, but the sweater vest? Uh, give me a call sometime. This isn't, is this a sweater vest? I don't think it's a sweater vest, is it? I mean, maybe that's what you call it. All right. <laughs> it looks a lot better in person, I think, than, you know, on the camera. But, you know, I'm being defensive, aren't I? Diesel Grandpa says, much more beauty. That's the motto of the Sunday church, faith without works. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Diesel Grandma, Shabbat Shalom up there. She's asking if Missouri's a nice place to live. You know, I was in Missouri, and I didn't enjoy the actual climate. But I guess in northern Missouri, it's a little bit better. But uh, who knows? If you want me to catch you on the chat, get in the red line. Get in the red line so I can see. Oh, here we are, Diesel Grandpa again. The people that run this country aren't even close to being as respectable as clowns in the circus. I would have to agree with you. Oh, okay, much more truth says it's definitely a sweater vest. Is it? Can't it just be a vest? 
Can't it just be a leather vest? All right, Lambert Adventure says MAGA in Latin equals which sorcery farmer? Interesting, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, look at that. I'm going to go with um, Alicia Bella Milroy. I'm going to go with some positive, affirmative action. You look very sharp. Your clothes, your hair, everything is on point today. So there you go, Chris, in FEMA Region 4. We just got some true witness testimony about the sweater vest. <laughs> McCarty clan, what are you doing? Excellent teaching. Stephen's testimony speaks volume. Blessing to you and yours. Missouri is fabulous, she's saying. Well, whereabouts in Missouri? I mean, that was the inception point for me. In fact, I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you. Well, not really. But I shouldn't have been so severely harsh. But I had, you know, once I came to this revelation, you know, I, I banged people over the head. I had the youth pastor from Calvary Chapel over to my house. And I was like, so, um, do you believe that the laws of Moses have been changed? Oh, yes, definitely. Do you believe that um, the whole, everything in the temple system is just destroyed? Oh, yes. I said, would you like to read Acts chapter 6? He read it. I said, well, you're a false witness according to Scripture. And you're part of a whole false witness church system. Now I'm aligning myself with Stephen. His mouth was just on the floor. Nothing to say. I said, I'm going with Stephen. You can go with the men who take the coats. That's your choice. But that was, it was, that, it was it's that simple to me. I mean, the word is the word. I love it. Thank you, McCarty clan. Ah, oh, here we go. Tanya Dahl. Paul was wrong about Stephen and Yehoshua. Redeemed Paul and used him mightily. Exactly. Paul repented. That's why. You can always repent, can't you? Abba Father will do this again in 2021. I hope so. I hope so. Oh, here we go. Look, Shauna Beavers. Shabbat Shalom, Shauna. Shauna says, Brother Matthew, you have set a fire in me to go and share my faith with a few people around me I have been worried about and thinking about. I was feeling dead now. I feel the fire. Shabbat Shalom. Well, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, all glory to Yahuwah. And remember, those that are answering the questions are in servitude. Those that are asking the questions are controlling and in the power. Ask the questions and get everybody to answer. And the greatest question you can ask right here is, do you believe... And then use the false witness testimony. And you will find that the majority on the broad road of religion that leads to destruction are following the testimony of those that would hold the cloaks to stone Stephen. And Yahushua was sitting down at the right hand of the Father. But he stood up. Why? He stood up. Stephen witnesses to us that he saw the clouds and standing at the right hand because Stephen was the first martyr of the New Testament under the Malkitzedic priesthood. And Yahushua stood to receive him into honor and glory. 
Let that be our testimony. So when we live in a culture now that is going full throttle on false witness testimony, and the biggest thing about false witness testimony, brethren, is fear and intimidation. They're going to try and make you afraid. They're going to try and intimidate you so that you will align yourself with the false witness testimony. And you do not have to answer trumped-up accusations. You just stand and witness to the truth of your life and of the power of Yahusha. And you know what? You can act crazy. Take it from me. You can act religious crazy. It freaks people out. And it was good enough for David. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for you. And to the secular, they don't know what to do, how to deal with it. I've ended up with all kinds of amazing things because they're just like, just, yeah, just give him this, just sign that, just give him this. I got things signed by a judge, seriously. <laughs> I never asked for it. But I'm like, yeah, no, no, let's get my, get my religion! Oh, he's a silly one. Well, you have, no, no, I don't, no, no, no. No, I'm not wearing a veil. No way. What? Oh, yeah, it's a veil. Well, yeah, I'm a Muslim. I'm not a Muslim. Oh, just, yeah, just, just yeah, get him in there. All right, so? It worked for King David. It works for me. I don't mind. I am crazy in comparison to this world because they're actually insane. I'm just crazy for Yahuwah, just like King David. And that's the way to our redemption. It is. When you testify to the resurrection of Yahushua, to people that believe that we came from monkeys, they think we're crazy. Well, you know what? If your granddaddy was a ape, then that good on you. That's your problem. That's your genetic line. And that's your generations. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible for you. It's certainly not possible for me. So, you know, you know. Anyway, I've gone off. Daryl Palmer, Baruch Hashem, brother. Oh, don't start on the vest thing to get again, you guys. Looks like a vest to me. <laughs> Is sweater vest a false witness? Yeah, see? see? Exactly, you guys. I love it. All right, Kevin Niebling. Are you going to sing us a song, Kevin Niebling? I'm coming out to see you soon. Really, I am. I'm going to come up there to do for all right, how do we connect to Torah to the Tribes Fellowship? Is it via Zoom? Yes, go to Torah to the Tribes forward slash connect and jump on the Zoom platforms. You can email Shabbat at TorahToTheTribes.com and get involved in that Dave Ramsey money stewardship thingy. thingy. I think it's going to be really good. All right, here we go. Back to Chris, Region 4. I was at the archery shop Friday. My wife was shocked I didn't buy the 2021 model bows. <laughs> He's always talking about weapons. That's why I always read it. 
T says at Torah to the tribes, will the 144,000 be saved from the hour of trial, redeemed from the earth and brought to the spiritual Mount Zion? Yes, but first we're going to actually flee into the wilderness and be provided for for a times, times a half. I haven't seen you in a while. In a while. Um, Job, I think you changed your name. You've got the same um, picture, but um, Job says... So what saves people according to Paul? We are saved by faith, and our faith leads to good works. But we are saved by faith in Yahushua and Yahushua alone. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. What's that? What's that? What did I see? Yeah, there we go. Cairo Alexander. Thank you. Look at the back. Look at the back. This is no normal sweater veta. Sweater veta. Sweater vest. Matthew is up in the tweeds, exactly like an English gentleman should be. All right, what do you get? What do you get here? Oh, yeah, it was Brandon Muchmore that started the weapon question. Okay, so now, now, now Chris in FEMA Region 4 is throwing Brandon under the bus. You see, this is what happens when you get into all the lists witness. And Brandon, much more truth is still going on about it. And Yashub is saying, no arguing, please. Yashub, that's right. Yashub, you've changed your name to Job. But you used to be Yashub. Thank you, Julia picked you out. We've got you. you you'll have to change your, your, your photo if you don't want us to find you. All right. Agape Acres said, I told my, I told my sister... <laughs> I am going to be ordering a burger to go to the grocery stores. I have had enough of the reset lockdown in Canada. Yeah, I hear it's pretty rough up there. It's really rough in England. I'd like to go visit my mum, but then I wouldn't be able to come back in. I mean, it would be it's just too much. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? What do you do? Any questions here? Any sensible questions? Anything sensible at all? We're just playing sillies. All right, here we go, talking about playing sillies. Shiloh, do you know the word media comes from the Greek word media, the goddess of illusion? Sounds like the mockingbird MSM to me. There you go. Oh, no, I haven't, but that sounds very interesting. Have any of you heard this from Brett Wigley? Let's ask Diesel Grandma and Diesel Grandpa. Have you heard anything about Washington State being invaded by China or about a fighter jet being shot down over Washington, D.C.? I can't say as I have, but it does pick my interest. Oh, there's so much stuff going on, isn't it? Just better just to stick with the word, don't you think? Otherwise, it goes bananas, absolutely bananas. Mickey, um, Mickey, you've had your message retracted. What did you say? Well, obviously, it wasn't good. That's why it's retracted. I shouldn't have asked. All right, 25,000 troops in D.C. Yeah, 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 I know. Ah, oh, here we go, here we go. Job says... I'm talking about 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. We talked about the laws, etc., but never grace by faith alone. Well, James answers the question, right? James really is the perfect balance between grace and works. 
Okay, that's the difference. You have to have the inception point of faith, which is the new birth. Because if you're dead, how can you do anything? You've got to be made alive, which means it's got to come from outside of you, which is the power of the Holy Spirit and redemption. Once you're redeemed and made alive through the new birth, then you get conviction and then that leads you into good works. But how could you do good works if you haven't had the inward conversion? You're just a, you're just a, a clanging vessel, a sounding gong, a brass cymbal. Hmm. Let's see what else we got here. The time clock is running, you guys. Make sure you do connect with one another on the on the um, TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. Much to think about. Well, here's a good point. Mickey says, there is no polite way to tell someone everything they have always believed is a lie. I think there is, isn't there? Do you think? I think I could have done a lot better job than I did in the past. But I was also really, really upset that I had bought into it for so long. So now I'm not upset about it because... It's been so long, and I live it, and it's okay. But at the time, and I felt like I had to battle for it. I had to battle for it, but now I don't have to battle for it. You know, I mean, it is. It is what it is, and I'm okay. If people like, oh, well, I don't agree with keeping the Sabbath. Well, okay, well, it's up to you, but I'm looking forward to keeping the Sabbath, and uh, blessings on you and your day, and... Uh, Hey, if you want to do a Bible study sometime? I'd love to. I'd love to lead it. <laughs> You'll be teaching all that Hebrew root stuff. Yes, I will. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bruce Scott. We'll finish with Bruce Scott. Matthew, big question mark. Don't you think it is very, very hard to understand the commands from the New Covenant unless you have read, studied, and understand the Old Covenant Torah? Yes. That's why I believe that the reading of the Torah cycle, the annual Torah cycle, is so important, just in your daily reading. Because if you haven't read the front of the book, how are you going to understand the back of the book? You could almost follow false witness testimony and believe it to be true, which is the whole point of the modern-day Broad Road Church, is the back end of the book, and you can, you can pick out what you want, and it doesn't really have to make biblical thematic sense because it's become abstract. But the problem with abstract is that sin creeps in because it's lying at the door. And you're always struggling in your life because we live in a fallen world. And I found for myself that I didn't want to live an abstract faith. I needed it to be tangible. Why? Because I had so much sin in my life that I needed tangible tools to help me. I, I needed tangible tools. And they, were, they couldn't be abstract. They had to be encapsulated in the Word, in chapter and verse, and that is what the Torah does for you. It clearly spells out 
how to live. I should say it clearly lays out, because we don't spell. It clearly lays out how to live. And that is the power that Yahweh has given us to this day. And that is what's going to keep us safe within the fence of his word and the protection and covering of his wings. But the only way we get there is because of the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. And we are equipped, brethren. We are equipped for the days in which we live in. We are equipped just as the apostles were equipped. If Stephen can do what he did and it brings forth a whole birth of a community, then we can do what we are being stewarded to do in this days and time. And if Israel could endure generations and generations of wicked kings and wicked leaders, then we can endure four years or eight years or whatever because ultimately our redemption is at hand. This whole Greek cycle is at its pinnacle, the apex of it, which is why you have a clown circus show, because that's how it started. That is Athenian democracy 500 years before the common era, and it ends in rubble, the Athenian culture in rubble, and right right now we have Athens on the Potomac, and you'll see that be played out for you this week. Pretty amazing. And you're going to see all the false witnesses of Hollywood at the inauguration. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to watch those movies with those false witnesses in it. How can you? But they're actors. They're from this very clown show. And that's what the whole system's based upon. It's predicated upon that. But it's, it's falling down. Because just as they held the cloaks so that they could stone Stephen, right now they're literally holding up the curtains, trying to keep the whole show going. But people have looked behind the curtain and seen things. We've looked, and we, we're not going to believe the false witness testimony. Over half of the population do not believe the false witness testimony. Deal with that. It's going to have ramifications, just as it had ramifications here. We live in, I say it often though, I was like, you always say that. I'm like, but it's true. We live in unprecedented times. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, Yahweh will delve in. Yahweh willing. And I pray that he is. Acts chapter 7 next week. Check out TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. And remember, give us some thumbs up. Subscribe to the ministry. And Let's see one another with blessings next Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.